there was this news where someone tried to enter the Sentinelese Islands. Ah, yeah. Did you catch that? Um, yes. And he was killed as far as I know. Yeah, he was yeah. killed. Correct. Yeah. So, taking them as an example, mm-hmm. I would like to talk about development in general. So, Sentinelese people are living on their island and they are not allowing anyone to enter their island. Whenever there are there ha- there have been attempts by outsiders to enter the islands, they have retaliated. Like they mm-hmm. throw spears and etc. Like, mm-hmm. like a person called a person got killed a few months ago. Yeah. So they are very aggressive about it. And they are very firm about it. That they don't want others to come in. So hypothetically, if there is a tribal group. Mm-hmm. They are living their lives and we think that they are living a very primitive life. They don't have internet, they don't have electricity, they don't have modern medicine, etc, right. etc. Right. So, am I, am I pronouncing etc correct now? <laughs> <laughs> etc. So, yeah. I was told yeah, I was told by Garud that I say etc, whereas it is etc. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, hmm, uh, if they are living their life and they don't feel like adopting yeah. our ways how valid is it for us to force our development on them because it could be thought in two ways right it could be thought firstly in that these people don't know what they are doing so mm-hmm. we are trying to enlighten them and the other thought could be they are living their life they are happy about it why do we disturb them why do we force them right let them live right. the way they are they are happy living right. so on which side do you think you are I mean I think first of all uh, because you use the word sentinelies a couple of times I think it's worth mentioning what they are I'm not sure if knowledge about them is widespread but anyway sentinelies island is an island where there is a primitive tribe I I don't know what's the historical dating that we do with them but the way to describe them is that modern civilization has not intruded their culture yet is that fair to say yeah, basically they are out of contact with the outside world they are living their own lives yeah. within those boundaries yeah they they have like a whole ecosystem and yeah they are living life in a primitive sort of a a hunter gatherer style they have no clue what's happening out here they don't know people well close they don't know what yeah. cars are they don't yeah. know what machines are internet nuclear yeah. nothing yeah yeah they they have, they have hardly seen some white people for example like the few that they've seen have they have killed <laughs> but <laughs> and i mean there there so so anthropologists take interest in these sort of tribes because it tells us what the impact of our culture is on us because these people uh, there's no like at least not the type of culture that we have had uh and there's also a line of thought where you, if you assume that it's it's also primitive so if you assume we are advanced and they are primitive then we can also talk about the impact of say something like a complex language and say uh nationalities etc etc that that has on us so it's basically like a control group if you think about it in terms of it being a primitive society and we being advanced society of course there's a different line of thought that says that you can't call them primitive and then that becomes a separate <laughs> uh, argument but in either in either lines of thought it teaches a lot about the impact of culture on our minds so it's it's of extreme interest to anthropology uh and at the reason i bring in anthropology is because you can actually go and watch videos on youtube and stuff like that where anthropologists have attempted to go and communicate with these people um and even if it's not sentinelese there might be some other tribes and etc et so 
it's it's a very fascinating thing to watch someone coming in with like wearing clothes and stuff and then there's this whole tribe uh they come with their spears and bows and arrows and they like sort of are very suspicious of this person who's trying to hold their hand or something which is usually the anthropologist and then they they eat cooked rice for the first time etc etc so it's it's like really something to watch because the things that you take as second nature in your day to day life there is a tribe out there who is not who doesn't know about it okay now uh, coming to your question about um like i'm just recalling you were saying uh should i do i think that they should be kept alone and like let them develop on their own and let's not influence them or are you thinking and or the other side which is like let's because we consider ourselves as progressed we should we have this obligation to make them uh developed is that your question correct okay correct um i am sympathetic to both sides of the question i mean there are some things like for example uh in today's day and age the world is quite global like boundaries matter less and less and we are dependent on each other a lot for survival like for example if someone screws up the environment everyone suffers it's not just uh it stays limited to a particular region or something so in that sense there is some merit to widen our reach and establish communication with these people that doesn't necessarily mean that you change their ways of life and anyway like like the, the problems with civilization otherwise can impact them if without their own fault so there is that argument for like sort of merging everything i personally would lean on the side of the primitive side like i do think there is some primitiveness with them um i think generally like reason science etc has gotten us generally a better quality of life than if we were to just stay hunter gatherers uh but it's it's like complicated because it's not as if we are suffering less or anything it's just brought us more prosperity so if you just look at it in terms of like day to day happiness and stuff maybe they are better off than us Correct. That is the crux uh, of this question, really. It's a difficult one. I mean, I would still say that at least, like in the countries that we live in and in the places that we live in, at least we are secure with basics like water and food, uh, and hygiene, which I don't think these people are like. Like the first measure of like your quality of life is the duration of life. Like I would be interested to know how well they are. infants perform and stuff like that like what's their retention rate and stuff like that of course it's a very small sample so it's difficult to say but yeah i'd be interested to see how they do with like just basic life like health food and i suspect they are not as good as we are see i think the question to ask here is what do we want in life isn't life about suffering as less as possible and being happy as more as possible and if you were not comfortable with the word happy being satisfied as much as possible if that is the case i think they are way ahead of us and we are behind and if that is the central theme behind which we should be running or rather which which should decide how well we have lived then what's the point of this development anyway i'll tell you an example Uh, there was some podcast i think i was listening where uh, an anthropologist was or a linguist i don't know or both uh, he was visiting this tribe and he learned their language and uh, he once asked them has anyone attempted suicide here mm-hmm. so they did not have a concept of suicide 
so he explained to them like he asked in a different way he asked whether someone has killed himself or herself in this tribe ever mm-hmm. so everyone started laughing which means that the concept of killing yourself is laughable to them like why would someone kill themselves and this was a very primitive tribe like not the life expectancy would be 30 40 people die of very basic reasons so primitive by our standards but they have no concept of suicide whereas in today's world even though we have progressed so much and lives are so much more comfortable these days we have suicides and people research shows that people are being more sad more depressed feeling more lonely these days so what's the point of this development anyway that is my question what i've learned in all these discussions is there's no one extreme which is the correct one it's always somewhere in the middle like we don't want to if that is the case let us say that we conclude in our discussion that yes listening our suffering and being happy all the time that is what matters the most that does not mean that we should go and live like them if that could help because that's an extreme and we don't want to live on extremes we would have to find some middle ground and then take it forward but i think uh, this this discussion enlightens what is important for us and where do we put our efforts into most of our lives right so first of all i don't think uh so for example the specific problem that you described is suicide i don't think suicide is a consequence of progress uh, I, there's nothing in progress that brings suicide suicide is like a consequence of like say for example conflicts and stuff like that or say loneliness isolation but i don't think progress by itself directly leads to mental health issues or suicide for that matter if let's say the premise that we are operating under is like say happiness matters most and again i would reissue the caveat that you should like when we say happiness we don't mean pleasure we mean like satisfactory meaningful life which is pleasurable also blah 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 uh, like this whole package like the greeks described it as eudaimonia human flourishing is a better word i guess um so if you care about flourishing then uh, and if you say that let's perhaps assume that the sentinelese people have a more flourishing life um then the comparison to make is can we have that sort of a life enjoying the benefits of progress uh, and i do think that is possible um i mean there are a lot of people who are living happily in say sweden for example or norway for example and they have better life expectancies uh to say the least so i don't i don't see progress as necessarily a barrier to happiness uh there are other things that come along with like say cooperating in large numbers blah 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 which can make your life difficult uh but not i don't think progress is the key ingredient there and did you say you wanted to have a conversation about i agree with you that progress necessarily does not mean that you have to be sad and lonely mm-hmm. but what i wanted to point out is if that is the case like if happiness matters the most mm-hmm. and development may not be the best thing to get happiness we are going in a different direction uh, we are going in the wrong direction like we have we must be focusing more on happiness and joy and we focus more on materialistic things and we focus more on standard of living like people think they progress in life if their standard of living goes up uh, also again let me give you an example there is a friend i met recently after a long time and uh, 
you were just discussing about our peers what they were doing our classmates what they were doing so few of them got married mm-hmm. and uh, there was this one particular example that we were discussing about that these people have married and they went on a honeymoon in goa so basically uh, the person was laughing at the fact that they married so early which mm-hmm. means they did not give much priority to their career mm-hmm. and at the end of the day they, they had an they had a honeymoon in goa which is not mm-hmm. even outside india like a good honeymoon for her means going to europe maybe like mm-hmm. something luxurious so she was basically laughing at them and it see it was very clear that she did not she did not respect them and she thought that what she was aspiring for she is very uh aspirational in life she wants to do a masters she wants to go to us she wants to earn well etc etc she thinks this is the way of life and that is how everyone should live but then i explained to her that maybe someone finds joy in bringing up a family right. and raising good children and right. i think res- research shows that people who have good social connections they are the most happy not yeah, people yeah. with the most amount of wealth or people who certainly. are very really successful in their particular fields certainly so this is what i wanted to point out that people are going like people don't have their priority straight yeah yeah i think as a society we do miss happiness for material gains but there is enough literature to show that say for like if just let's let's just be specific let's talk about earnings um we do know that uh, like how much money you have does influence your happiness but only up to a point after a point it doesn't matter how much money you have as long as you have like the basic things covered so so there are two nuances to it one it like it's you can't say that there is no relationship because yes it does matter that you have food shelter blah 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 and that money is going to bring it to you but once you have a set amount of money it stops mattering uh, for your happiness so we need to realize that the blind pursuit of money itself is not going to get us what we want in life uh, but it is it's not just money really it's not just money it it could also be career right if i if i want to be a physicist i want a nobel prize and like winning a nobel prize and going on that path does not mean i'm going to make money but it is going to earn me good fame it's going to like give me a feeling of accomplishment yeah. but even that i don't think is the most important thing in life like prospering in your career yeah yeah i mean uh, and then you would be struggling to find anything that is singularly most important in life i think it's good life is like a package of many important things done together like if you don't have a good meaningful like profession maybe that's also not a good thing uh true so i think and same goes like if you only have like if you only spent your entire life building relationships Uh, i'm sure you'll be like satisfied and happy but there you you might feel the void of not contributing you know like you didn't make something or something like that you know uh no i i, I don't i don't agree like i think i don't think i we can give equal weightage to all of this yeah, yeah i'm not saying uh, equal think, but right yeah yeah i'm not i'm not okay. saying it's equal it can be okay there can be discrepancies yeah uh correct So I think certain things should be given more weightage, and yeah. that should come from yeah. the literature, whatever yeah. research has been done. And what I mean is, we don't, we we are not living our lives that way. Yeah, Ma- yeah majority yeah. of us. Yeah, I mean, relationship certainly is something that is weighed heavily, 
and yeah i mean i agree with you we are not necessarily doing our own self service when we blindly recommend people to pursue like say their career with their whole hearts and stuff and then ignore everything else yeah yeah i'm 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 a big fan of a well rounded life yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> which which to be very clear to be very clear that's a shift like the way i've grown up or the way i have been raised let's say you are encouraged to focus on basically studies right uh on career once you're which, done with the same studies. thing i guess like in your school what you you don't talk about career you like the way to talk about career is in terms of your 10th course hmm. um and and to be clear i have done a lot of other extracurricular co-curricular stuff but i was always made very aware of their relative non importance um, <laughs> so i think that is a problem uh, just to close the loop here like mm-hmm. the government of india has said that no one should con- try to contact the central police people and the person who was trying to visit these people they he supposedly wanted to tell them about jesus and he tried to <laughs> yeah, yeah, struggle himself in there and yeah. but as it is like government of india has decided that they should not be disturbed yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's quite interesting that he he went as a crusader there, let's say <laughs> right and got killed sad unfortunate that was the god's plan for him <laughs> yeah i mean i'm i'm tempted to make heaven jokes but i will i will leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> see him here Let's talk career. Okay. Natural follow up. <laughs> how does one decide a career, or rather, how should one decide his or her career? Why do you think I have the answer to that? So, uh, uh, a good way to st- a good point to start with is how did you decide what do you want to do in life? That that's a better one. Um. Well, I mean, I don't think there's a set way or anything. The way I decided is through experiences in my life. So, I mean, for those, I mean, no one knows, I guess. So, I'm a math major in my undergrad, but uh, I'm currently doing neuroscience and the shift for that comes with having experiences with say meditation and then experiences with mental health uh both on a personal level and also caregiving for people with mental illnesses. um all of that like the common thread that was joining everything was the mind and a rigorous scientific way to study the mind is to first study the brain um uh, uh and very like most people would agree that the brain and mind have something to do with each other um so yeah that's that's how i ended up with neuroscience and that's where i think i will be at for a while now um so yeah it comes from experiences yeah basically you got curious about mind and that is why you've decided to make a career out of it is that yeah, simple it's, it's it's not just curiosity but it's also demand uh i mean just like we were talking about happiness being the most important thing in the world uh consequ- a corollary to that is suffering is the most important thing in the world uh and understanding the mind is critical in understanding suffering uh so the way, the thing that i am doing right now is not like literally curiously exploring the mind but it's also like trying to eliminate suffering uh like that's that's the philosophical thought behind it at least so it's it's not just like blank curiosity but it's also informed by what the world needs at this moment and i think neuroscience is a good place to be at 
interesting so basically things which interest you plus what you think the world needs yes that has influenced your decision as to what you will do in your life yeah i mean there are minor factors but these are two the minor factor would be something like neuroscience is still a new field so what that means is that it's there are low hanging fruits <laughs> um and i would much rather spend time making big discoveries that are easier than making smaller discoveries that are complicated okay would you say you have passion for studying the mind or passion about minds um i personally don't like that word uh because Why? of the standard dictum of follow your passion mm-hmm. uh like people are encouraged to follow their passion whereas i mean this i mean if if you wanted me to bring table topics to the table this would be my topic which would be like i don't think um there is people have free will to put it bluntly but again that's a that's a topic that, for another day that's a sentence that packs in a lot it requires us to like go into individual meanings and that actually follows from my belief in there not being a self so that is the key topic there the reason why all of that is important in this discussion is because i don't believe that because there's no self there is nothing that i am passionate about like the i thing having a passion assumes that there is some underlying calling of yourself right and that is what i don't think exists so i don't like that word passion what i do like is engagement and interest so i am interested in neuroscience i and the more i engage with it the more i find it interesting and if you want to define passion that way then yes go ahead but most more often than not people define passion as something that is inbuilt and they have a calling for so i don't i don't think i have a calling for anything as such see you put in a lot of heavy stuff in your answer there okay first of all you talked about there being no self yes we we are either trying to explain it or we are losing a few subscribers <laughs> <laughs> you okay, can't yeah. get away with it like okay. there's okay. no self and that is why passion no so what do you mean uh, by you believing there being no self okay so like like an unpacking of the statement that there is no self is i don't think there is anything like a self that stays unchanging and uninterrupted throughout life there's no constant essence of life that continues from birth to death that's that's what i don't think exists so there is no soul if you want to use that word because that's what that word is used a lot especially in like biblical literature and stuff so what i mean by there not being self is that there is no unchanging entity that lasts from birth to death or beyond for that matter but why do you think that there's no self i mean first of all it's a negation claim so it's like like explaining an absence of something is i can tell you how why that self is created it's it's a, it's like because culturally like for example i told you like the soul is valued there is there's also this idea of responsibility for which it's good if we have a notion of self although i think it can exist without thinking about the self so i mean i i just think it's it's occurring because of our way culture has progressed till now it's like because we have been wrong that's just about it so you must have also been wrong at some point of time right so when and how did that change happen did you read some book or there was some personal experience or you have read some research about it how did I mean, an easy change? way to see it an easy way to see it like like if you see the neuroscience way if you look into the brain there is nothing there's no center there's no ceo room there's no ceo office in your brain like the brain is just a set of interconnected procedures uh, and processes there's nothing where you can find the self and you might think that this is common knowledge by now but 
like for example if you read philosophers like descartes he did suspect that there is this one place where you know your mind and body meets and stuff like that and where your soul resides so people have actually thought that there's a physical entity sitting there or at least there's a physical place where the self is being generated uh, and all of that we know is not true from neuroscience at this point my personal experience also comes from like meditation and stuff i mean also like i need to clarify just because i mean there's no self doesn't mean that i don't think there are people like there are obviously people and people are real and stuff like that by by self i just mean like there is nothing that stays constant that's it so you always you obviously have a personality and stuff all of that i'm not denying it just everything is susceptible to change okay so there were two things you told first of all you cited some research or that if if an individual is a computer there is no central processing unit somewhere hidden yeah well we can say that this thing is operating or controlling everything else right uh, so first of all you only said that neuroscience is an emerging field and yeah maybe we don't know yet like someday we might find that and uh, secondly you told that uh, it's also some meditation experience right so is there a particular experience during meditation which has led you to believe this okay on the neuroscience side can we find a center of the self in future well as a scientist i am open to that and if that happens then i will change my view as, as mm-hmm. the current literature stands we don't find any place that there is a okay. self okay so it's that's just a very standard scientific stance um, <laughs> having said that like we do know things like for example there have been like damages to various brain areas right so there have been patients who have either had a stroke or have had an accident and different areas of their brain have been cut off and at at this point we don't have any area which has which has gone that led to a loss of sense of self um, okay so okay so there's there's some evidence to speak so to speak now in the second meditation question i won't say that i've had like a full fledged no self experience but what is clear to me is that there's no need to assume that self either if you ask me like on a spectrum of no self to self where i lie i'm much more lie on the no self side uh but having said that there is i think i could get more concrete with it and have more experience to either prove or disprove it either way but at this point when i meditate i just find thoughts i find emotions i find feelings i find sensations i don't find the self okay yeah okay just to backtrack where we have come from you we were talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about <laughs> excellent i i <laughs> we was hoping talking. we go back yeah yeah we were talking about development from development we went to how we should live our lives and uh-huh. what is important in life and then we went into career mm-hmm. and then from career we went into passion yeah passion and then we started talking about why do you think there's no self and what does it mean yeah but now that we are on the topic of meditation let me ask you do you do you still practice meditation daily yes and what how much time okay i mean i think um, since we are talking about all of this stuff i might as well give references to where from where i'm getting these views so that i mean i'm certainly not creating everything on the fly and not everything is original uh, uh-huh. so i was talking about like since like just going a little back we're talking about the centenary series and i was arguing for progress right i think uh-huh. a lot of those views come from uh, steven pinker's book it's called enlightenment now uh, steven pinker is a psychologist linguist at harvard and his book it's his latest book it's it's about he's arguing he's arguing for reason science humanism and progress so either the arguments of progress i find very compelling and if anyone is interested they should look it up i think during the summers we are you had told me about this book right yeah and yeah i read uh, it during the summer yeah 
Right, and I remembered that book that you had told me such about such a book, and you had also yeah. like recommended Factfulness. I completed Factfulness, but did yeah. not start Enlightenment. Now, the funny thing is, like, I was traveling from Hyderabad to Nagpur today, right. and uh, I was listening uh, to this podcast called The Seen and the Unseen. And mm-hmm. the episode I started to play was a interview of this guy about this book. So I, I have a nice. fresh memory of. Excellent. The key ideas, and I would uh, link the podcast episode in the show notes as well. Like, if you all don't want to invest so much time into reading that big book, you all might as well like uh, listen to this forty-minute episode about him. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's number one. Then talking about the neurological basis of the self, that's a more difficult reference to give. But there's a book called The Self Illusion. I think Bruce Hood is the author. That that is a good one, although. in on fairness i have not read it uh, the reason why i'm recommending the book is because uh, i've heard the author speak at multiple occasions and the reason why i've not read the book is because i know the literature as such so i don't need to read the book but like it's it's a informed recommendation let's say that and anyway it's not a recommendation it's a reference so but again um, i mean i think sam harris's free will is a good one although i don't think i agree with him completely but sam harris has written a book called free will yeah and uh, what was our current topic like okay for the Meditation. passion thing for the passion thing there is uh, so good they can't ignore you by cal newport that's a good one although he doesn't talk about the self those are my little bit of references yeah yeah so i asked you about your meditation practice yes uh so currently i'm doing uh, around 30 to 45 minutes a day uh and i'm mainly following a book called the mind illuminated mm-hmm. um that's my main reference source i like it over other reference other paradigms that i've done before because it's a little more structured and organized book in terms of what are the goals that you want to achieve it's it's more scientific oriented also like for example when he introduces a new word he sort of defines it has a glossary and stuff like that so the language is much more rigorous scientific analytical than like say for example open your heart and stuff which is always good to have because usually the spirituality business is filled with flowery language but having said that like the main practice that i've done has stayed the same ever since i've started like it's still it's it's, it's a meditation called insight meditation or vipassana meditation uh, which has basically stayed the same throughout my whole meditation life oh man you you are living my meditation goals <laughs> yeah have you been practicing no like i've been st- I've stopped meditating for months now. Oh goodness, And why? See, first of all, you would agree that it's difficult to meditate. No, I don't. Uh, it's difficult to form a habit. Would you yeah, agree yeah, with that? Course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's difficult to form a habit. So what I used to do was I would start small so that it's easy to do. Right. So I would start with five minutes, ten minutes, and try to like I will I will stick to it for weeks. Mm-hmm. But then when i start increasing the time right something clicks after 10 minutes like even if i do it 15 minutes right i will find excuse no i do not have 15 minutes right now i will do it some other time or ah. i'll just procrastinate so, so that while then doing it. sorry you mean something clicks while doing it no 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 not while doing it so like say four weeks i have been meditating 10 minutes a day right and i say now it's time to step up the game and i say right. from tomorrow i will meditate for 15 minutes right so now when i go and sit to meditate 
i will say no i don't have 15 minutes right now like if it it would have been 10 minutes it was okay like right. i could find 10 minutes very easily like right i'm watching a video okay let's meditate just get done with it right but something clicks when 15 minutes happen right and i find i will start finding excuse that i don't have 15 minutes right now okay okay but um, again yeah. if 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 that is my argument i should have been practicing 10 minutes a day every yeah. day Yeah, if not fifteen, yeah. but that hasn't happened. So yeah. maybe yeah, I mean it's New Year now. I've come uh-huh. back to my college. Maybe from nice. tomorrow itself. Let us hope. Yeah, yeah. I mean at this point, I do feel when I have not meditated for a while. So I mean I'll skip an occasional day or so. Uh, but after a point, I notice myself scattered enough that I want to go back to a state of stability. So I meditate. Uh, so at this point, it just comes off a very natural thing to do. So basically, we've already formed a habit. I mean, yeah, I've been meditating for like f- a couple of years now. So you would imagine a habit to be have formed by now. Uh-huh. Um, so according to the book, that mind illuminated, you've crossed level one. Level one? I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm at level six or something. Whoa, yeah. level six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's nothing. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, we yeah. are not supposed to talk about levels, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a school of thought that says that you should, but anyway. Uh, I mean, I'm happy to talk about it. If you have any specific question, it's okay if it's talk. We are talking about the experiences, but I don't think like it's easy to get into a competition, which I don't yeah, want. Yeah, 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 exactly. And necessarily doesn't mean that person of level six is more insightful or anything. Like there's Correct. no, like you could be a level one and very insightful. Yeah. And it and it is very tempting when you say the word level to compare levels. Exactly. I mean, that's it, what it, levels it, are for. Yeah, and the, the the word that's used in the book is stage. It's not level. Um, mm-hmm. Also, um, the stage that you are in depends a lot on your life circumstances. So, if I when I moved to London, it was all haywire. Now I have some stability. It was a break at this point, so it is better. Now classes yeah. start day after, and I'll still I'll be I'll come down basically. Hmm. So all of that doesn't matter. I don't even care about those things. Cool. Yeah. What are we discussing about? Ah, uh, we have to meditation. go career, passion, career. Like passion. we are done with meditation, right? I mean, I could talk about this for like the next hundred hours if you want, but it depends. It depends on you. No, no, we want to retain our listeners. Let's okay, not do cool. that. Okay, cool. By now, by now, anyway, we we are. I mean, at least I am. I should be thought of as someone who has weird views. <laughs> so basically, we started with the question about how should one decide his or her career and. Uh-huh. We started by talking about your uh, decisions and what were your motivations to right. arrive at those decisions. Right. So basically, your major, th- your major considerations were uh, what you were curious about and uh-huh. what the world needed. Yeah, I feel you should also give your breakdown of how you decided. I okay, haven't yeah. decided. Right. Yeah, the, yeah, <laughs> so the lack thereof. So somewhere in between, you said that the more you put in efforts and the more interest you take, the more interested you are. Right. I would agree. I don't think that there's some things which are boring and some things which are inherently interesting. I think everything is equal, and it's just it just depends on your circumstances and the amount amount of efforts you yourself take. So the more efforts you take, the more interesting a thing can be. So there is no one perfect. thing which exists for me according to this if i believe this so i am interested in multiple things like i am interested in education i am interested in physics so there are many interesting things so you yeah. said you were curious about mind so similarly yeah. i am curious about many things in life 
not right. many subjects as such right then the other thing is what the world needs even i would give a consideration about that like i would mm-hmm. want to do something which is valuable to the world uh-huh. so if if i consider that again there are so many things like i would so at some point of time i was considering uh, being a civil servant so i would say that the yes, system is bad and that is what's keeping india behind so i'll become mm-hmm. a civil servant and change the system from within uh, then there was some point when i said uh i would be a bass guitarist and i will form my own band and make a career right. in music right and th- there have been so many such things so the world has many problems i, right. I mean there's so many things to work on which are interesting right. and, and which would be valuable for the world right so that is there so that also does not like give me one such thing mm-hmm. so that is why the, the, that's where the confusion comes from right uh so a year back i was confused between two broad fields which were physics and education mm-hmm. so i have dropped physics at last like now i've just one thing to think about which is education right. the reason why i dropped physics was i was thinking about the end result like what would my life be like if i'm a physicist right so you come in every morning you give some lectures you do some research and that's how your life is right and yeah, if i wanted to do research i wanted to do cutting edge research right and if i want to do cutting edge research in physics many of them are decade long research projects and sustaining my interest and my enthusiasm about one particular thing for such a long period with right. no guarantee whether it is going to work or not right. i don't think i have that patience right so that is why research in physics lost its charm and okay. um, i also don't think i'll be a good teacher not that I, I won't be a good teacher but i won't like being a teacher for a long period of time it's okay I to see. give a lecture or two i would I enjoy see. that guest lectures talks but uh, teaching the same thing again and again i know that there will be something different every time i teach but topics are same i think it will get a very very repetitive after mm-hmm. a few years that's why like physics was out of the picture but the problem is in education as well there are so many things to do it's there's education research there is joining an ngo there is doing something like uh starting like a little groove right so there are so many things in education as well right and uh, there was a point in time when i was uh thinking about what impact i have on this world as well which yeah. recently rather yes just yesterday it got resolved so huh. uh i thought that i won't have great career aspirations uh, everyone at some point of time i think wants to be the best in the world right. and they want to reach great heights in their life in their right. career but at some point i thought that that is not so important at least for me it's okay right. if i live a very simple not great career mm-hmm. uh, career wise but i was thinking like if i join some ngo what mm-hmm. will be the impact i will have on and when i say ngo i mean some educational ngo so i was thinking that if i join an ngo the most people i will impact is like a few thousand children or a mm-hmm. lakh children but then if i go into the government and i go into consultancy government consultancy etc mm-hmm. um, i could impact crores of people crores and mm-hmm. crores of people so i mm-hmm. was thinking impact in terms of numbers Mm-hmm. but then i saw a little group and how abit it's here the little group's founder he mm-hmm. was impacting a few lives 
so mm-hmm. he he will reach how many at the most 100 children in his lifetime right but the quality of impact is off the chart right he's right. changing children's life and he's right. have is having such a huge impact so the quality of impact also matters so that thing right. has been resolved i was in within the social sector space i was looking to impact many number of people but right. i think number of people is not important like it is important but it's not the most important matter i agree yeah yeah so that thing so things are slowly being resolved mm-hmm. and things are narrowing down mm-hmm. but yeah like my major problem with deciding a career if you believe that there's no such thing as interest everything is equally interesting is then how do you decide if everything is equally yeah. interesting and there are so many things within those interest which have problems in there and you have some you might have some solutions then how do you decide amongst them right right i mean i personally don't think everything is equally interesting but what i think more of is ki is interest is not inherent those are two different things so i'm not inherently interested in senior science but it's like more of a product of my conditioning of the past like i was not born i i, I raised up and my life is like life circumstances were such that neuroscience is an appropriate field now if that that doesn't so that does mean that neuroscience is more appealing to me than say oceanography is whereas for someone who lived by the oceans and or uh, had interactions with aquatic animals lived on ships blah 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 the, for them oceanography might be more interesting there are hierarchies of interest i i won't deny that it just might be specific to people and it's not inherent from birth to that something like so that. let's say people might have multiple interests yes so in that case how you decide between those multiple interests right i mean i i mean it's it's i it's not that i only have interest in neuroscience i mean i dance i play ultimate and all of that So why uh, do you decide that? How did you decide that you will make a career out of neuroscience and everything else will be a hobby yeah. or a sidekick? Yeah, that comes from reasoning about what's most important. And the best answer I have at this point is suffering. Uh, and to tackle that, I think a neuroscientific route is the best. I can't tackle suffering with dance. But and and to be clear, I don't, I don't see myself as doing neuroscience my entire life. Like I will do it for a good portion. but i think there is room to also like go on field and do some things like so i don't really care about neuroscience as a career as much as care about suffering at this point they both are in alignment okay yeah i mean it follows from the fact that suffering is important that i'm doing neuroscience right so you you're keeping the problem at the center of everything exactly exactly i'm letting the problem guide me then a career choice per se and what should one do if someone does not see a problem around them there are many problems obviously around us but they don't see they don't have the urge to solve that problem like you have about suffering and i have about education i mean i think that suggests to me that there is some lack of experience like i mean if you see suffering happening and real suffering i'm talking about then inherently in that i think our our mind is built in a way that we do feel for that suffering we do feel compassion we do feel an urge to alleviate that it's natural now what our conscious intention and role should be to like bank on that initial desire and sort of develop those wholesome desires into like meaningful careers and therefore suffering can be alleviated so i mean i i would be skeptical of the fact that no one feels nothing for anything see people might feel many things for many things like right there is uncleanliness around me that is yeah. a problem yeah. but i don't feel the strong urge to work in that field so there are so many things around me 
which yeah. are problematic but i yeah. don't have the urge to work on them yeah i mean i think one answer like and this is something that i think about a fair amount i think one answer to that is just understanding that things that are important are not necessarily things that you feel for which is the same thing that we were talking about before uh which was like there's a distinction between what feels good and what is good um and i think one important skill to learn in life generally is to do the important thing when you don't necessarily have a backing of feelings i mean it will be great if you can align both and it's fine but sometimes you don't have that alignment and then you should sort of navigate that space well like what i try to do is create feelings for it so as say for example if there is something like feeling the urge to do something about but i know it is important on a rational level then i do know that investing time in this will increase my interest also like you see outcome you see people make being happier and stuff with your work and then that is feedback for you and that reinforces feeling so i but i think there is that initial step that needs to be taken in which you don't have the guidance of feeling but you know reasonable rationally speaking this is the more important thing to do but why are you only talking about things to do and problems to solve like there are so many people who are who do jobs just for the sake of it just to earn a living what do you think of such people um like say for example a clerk a clerk is not passionate about his or her work right but these people right. just do it just for the sake of it so that they can earn a living they can feed their family what do you think about such people i mean it's 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 difficult for me to say anything about why anyone else is doing the thing that they are doing i mean they are free to do it i would encourage a critical attitude towards the world no then then i would change my question i would ask you do you think that if i cannot find something dear to me that i would i should and want to work in this field only then maybe it is okay to not give your career so much importance and just do whatever comes to you whatever opportunity comes to you just try that and it does not have to be the central theme of your life that what career you did and what work you did yeah i guess that's plausible i don't have a problem with that i mean i think personally speaking problems exist in the world and suffering is the major one and my life will be meaningful if i do something about it but if someone doesn't feel that i don't think i'm in a space to like sort of enforce this ideology on them i certainly think so i think today's generation tends to give a lot of importance to their career they say that i'm going to work for something or someone or some corporation for right. the rest of my life 8 hours a day right. 5 days a week and it has to be meaningful the question is does it have to be really meaningful like so many generations before us they were not finding meaning in their work they were just doing whatever they whatever what are the opportunities they got they just held on to it yeah i mean but here i'm reminded of the quote i think it's socrates it's like he says an unex- an unexamined life is a life not worth living uh and then whatever we are talking about at this point uh the premise of that is that we are examining existence and then doing whatever is appropriate based on that as long as that is happening i don't think i can comment on specifics like i don't think i can say like this person should do this that is not i think outside of my purview but if there is not if they are not examining their life and if they are not valuing existence uh, and just like cruising through it without like the knowledge of the fact that they are living then that's i think that that's just not a very meaningful life let's just say that like they could be like they, their life could be much meaningful all right so basically i've met a few i've met a few friends 
वी आर ऑल इन दिस ट्रांजिशन पीरियड वेर वी आर कमिंग आउट ऑफ कॉलेज एंड गोइंग इन टू आवर जॉब्स सो यू एंड आई थिंक इट्स मीनिंगफुल टू टेक सम प्रॉब्लम एंड वर्क टूवर्ड्स इट एंड मेनी ऑफ दैम डोंट एंड इट ऑलवेज सरप्राइजेस मी एंड इवन आई थिंक द सेम दैट दे आर नॉट लिविंग अ मीनिंगफुल लाइफ बट आई वॉज ट्राइंग टू सी इफ आई कैन टॉक माई सेल्फ आउट ऑफ इट like mm-hmm. i don't want to judge them or maybe i have some assumptions about life in general which mm-hmm. is making me feel that way as for example you quoted socrates right mm-hmm. so maybe if that is true only then all this is true right so i would even like to question the assumption but again if we start questioning the assumptions as well it's a never ending topic yeah yeah um i mean that's where the realm of reason is problematic because you will always keep on questioning the assumptions like there's there's no first assumption it's called infinite regression and that's where i think the meditation practice comes in because there what you can do is ground your premises in some reality based assumptions and then take it from there and then reason can take it from there so like meditation could be a way in which your first principles are built like it could be a tool for that and that's where i get my premise of suffering about you've talked a lot about meditation in this episode like i wonder what the reactions of our listeners are going to be i'm very curious about the reaction yeah yeah we'll we'll see i'll be interested to know also <laughs> listeners uh, i don't see any comments in our reddit page like i would urge you if you have any thought any comment about anything we talk here please feel free and go to that link the link should always be in your description of the episode and that is true for any podcasting app you use so in the description there's always a link where you can go and comment about anything 